Ja. Hey, can you hear me? Okay. Let's see. I think. Okay, I got it. There you are. You hear me now? You hear me now? And you can hear me. Yeah, I hear you. I see you. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Well, I. So, just so you remember, uh, in case you've forgotten, um, this is the closest I could do to doing a podcast. You know. Uh, and this this machine's gonna record the audio separately than the video. All right. So the podcast will just be our voices. Okay. I, thought, I, mean, I was listening to some of your podcasts. I think the uh, the visual aspect is uh, kind of interesting. I know. I mean, I could I could definitely put this up on my YouTube if anybody wants to see it because I don't care. Yeah. But like, I like um, the audio because a lot of people that listen to it they do a lot of driving. That's like, true. You know, like truck drivers and stuff like that. A lot of those guys, yeah. So I'll put it up both ways. Doesn't bother care. me. Hey, listen, okay. I just love seeing myself. <laughs> <laughs> how you so, doing? No, go ahead. Go ahead. I just ask how you're doing. I'm fine. You know, um, it's been locked up in this house. I went to the ATM today. You know, use gloves and all that stuff and a mask and. Yeah. Well, I uh, <clears throat> yeah, I don't know if I mentioned, but uh, like. Uh, about a year ago, um, my son and I were living together and then I, I moved him out and he got his own place. And then, so, uh, also I was like still in the height of my photography thing. So I, I moved home with my mom. Yeah. Try to save money and this, that, and the other thing. Yeah. So, uh, she's obviously older. So, um, last week I went out like three different times. I went to Walmart. I went to the pharmacy. I went to the supermarket. I dropped stuff off at my friend's house. And then um, I realized that the masks, I were, you know, everyone's wearing these masks and stuff, but I realized oh. that they don't protect you at all. It's, it's, it's mostly so you don't uh, pass it if you have it. You know, it just reduces the spray. True. Yeah, I mean, you have to have N95 or and even that mask has to fit properly. And you probably need to wear glasses if you're going to fully be. So anyway, long story yeah. short, yeah. I freaked out. So I, you know, having been out there that much, I came home and now I've been in my room. Uh, this is the third day of just being in my room because I don't want to risk, like, if I get my mom sick. So, like, it's really weird. Like, you know, she leaves yeah. food at the door and uh, I'm stuck in this. Damn. Prison cell. <laughs> you know, you know, um, I, I read on the CDC, there's some different uh, procedures on how to care for somebody who has COVID-19. So you can actually live with the person, cook for them, clean up after them, um, and not catch it. There's ways, you know, they literally have like all this methodical. Yeah. I mean, my, my thing is, is like, you know, I'm, I don't have it well, that I know of. She doesn't have it, but I just, as a precautionary measure, just decided, okay, when I come back home, I'm going to stay in my room for like three to seven days and make sure I don't have any symptoms. Yeah. And I'll come out. But meanwhile, it sucks because 
now I'm like, you know, my mom's like already gone through enough. And then now I'm like, Hey, can you uh, put a cup of noodles in front of my door? <laughs> uh, can you leave me a soda and a bag of beef jerky, please? <laughs> this is working out good. It sounds like. Yeah, but it, it should be the other way around. If anything, like I'd rather be taking care of her, but. Um, <laughs> but you I, are because you're preventing her from getting sick. Yeah. I just wish that I, I was smarter before I didn't realize, you know, and, and like I said, I went out shooting a few times and, uh, Again, I thought, oh, I'm wearing a mask. I'm fine. Right. <laughs> well, I have this beard, and I'm sure my mask did no good because the beard just like basically like yeah, the hairs, you know. I mean, yeah, that's what they were saying. Even the N95, if you have any kind of facial hair, it doesn't make a good seal. Sure. So, Makes sense. I don't know. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah uh, well, let's. So, you know, I always, I always see you on the deck of a vert ramp or pool. <laughs> I never really get to talk to you you know we take our pictures i'm normally exhausted by the time one of those events is over and yeah that's true you know, and i just like barely make it to my car so <laughs> it's nice to just get to talk to you about photography you know and like what why you do it and what got you into it yeah you um, know um well i definitely um yeah i remember it was kind of weird because i'm always i relatively new really three to three to four years ago i started doing this and um I would see you at events too. And, and, and in the beginning, I really didn't know like a lot about who was who or whatever. And I was like, Oh, who's that dude over there? Or, What's he doing? Why is he got, why is he got that uh, the light on a stick? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I used that to hold myself up. It's like a cane <laughs> flash stick, you know? Yeah. But uh, you know, and I was always sort of like, I would, approach photographers and try to be hey what's up man i'm chris like what are you doing you know and just try to get to know people but then after a while i started getting like such mixed responses from people that i kind of stopped doing that uh but uh actually and you were kind of quiet but i remember the first couple of times i interacted with you um you were really chill and then the last time i saw you at the barracks we had a pretty good conversation which i think was probably the first one we really had yeah and, yeah it's definitely like it's great to be able to to talk to another photographer and, and and be able to um you know talk about the things that we go through as skate photographers and our various yeah. interests and different backgrounds, but that we share the familiarity of we we all are crazy enough to love doing this, you know. Yeah, you know, unfortunately, I have that resting bitch face, and I'm really a, I'm really a shy I'm su I'm a, actually a very shy person. Yeah. Um, I have a handful of friends, maybe I count them on one hand, you know. So I'm just uncomfortable. It's not that I am uh, not don't want to talk to people, but um, you know, I'm just I I, I I'm shy. I'm very, I'm a very shy person. So um, if you ever try to talk to me, and I had a few words, it's because I was afraid. Not not. Yeah. Well, it's just know. weird because uh, like shooting skating, and there's obviously like with everything, there's so many different personalities of people who do it. And, and you, you don't know what you're going to get. It's a mixed bag. <laughs> yeah. and, uh, you know, especially at events where I feel like there's a heightened personality factor because <laughs> not only is the event going on, but yeah. we're all like, Hey, I'm doing my thing. And I'm over here, <laughs> yeah. you're over there. And you know, I, I did this and you did that. So it's, it's just kind of like, you don't really get a, a real sense of what a person's really like in, in there because I, I think they have their like exterior shield on. Versus, right. you know, if you just actually talk to somebody uh, on a normal setting, um, you, you can kind of get to know the person a little better. I just assumed that you were just like 
really too busy to talk to no, me. No, well, I am because I'm like, <laughs> oh, oh my God, did I fuck this up? And, you know, I'll be halfway through. I've gone to those things and I've halfway through the shoot, I realized, oh my God, I turned my autofocus off and I'm, I'm totally out of focus. I, I'll shoot <laughs> half, you know, and so the whole time I'm second guessing myself. Yeah. Also, yeah. there could be like where uh, for a long time I was just so, if the skating is sick, and there's rad stuff going on. Everything I came to do kind of goes out the window, and I'm just like, "Whoa, wait, whoa, whoa!" <laughs> oh yeah, I have a yeah. here. <laughs> I do that too. <laughs> yeah, I do that, and I'll talk to people. Sometimes that's the only place I see them. Yeah, and um, and I'll get into very you know elaborate conversations, and really great things are happening, and they'll tell me, "Oh, you should be shooting this," but I think relationships are also important in taking pictures. You know. Yeah, I, I, at first for me, shooting skating was a very solitary thing. I, I was alone all the time. And then uh, as I got deeper into it and, and stuff like that, I started making friends with some people. And then it really opened up into a whole community, which was which was nice because at first, you know, you, you don't know anything. I mean, I, I, I skated and surfed for a long time. So, I, I you know, I had that going for me. But when you start showing up at a skate park with a camera, it's a totally different kind of vibe. Hmm, so yeah. At, at first it was, I, I was pretty lonely, but that was kind of my thing. I was just like, I don't care. I'm going to be there. I'll be there like five, eight hours a day. Yeah. And, you know, just, I was, I was zoned in, you know, yeah. so, um, yeah. but it, as I started getting to know other people and then of course you, you start building up relationships with the skaters that are there. Um, it became much more fun to like talk to people yeah, and not be so like just blinders on, you know, or where, where would that happen? Like when you first started and you would go to a park and nobody knew you, like where would, where, like, where did that happen? Okay. Well, so what happened was, um, basically, you know, I went through a major transition in my life, uh, a divorce and it ended up actually, I was in the hospital. Um, <clears throat> so I, I had ended up getting a, a heart thing going on and they, they saved me there. And uh, I was really physically weak afterwards. It took me a long time to recover. I was actually playing Xbox for like six months. Awesome. Uh, yeah. But then I realized I couldn't like work a normal job because, you know, I, I'm on this medication. It took a long time to adjust to the medication. Um, so I was super depressed and I just was like, man, what can I do? You know? I needed to find something I could do um, just to entertain myself and, and get off the couch, you know? Uh, so I decided to go to Venice and that's where I skated there when I was uh, younger. Mm -hmm. I had a lot of friends there and I always felt comfortable there. So um, I just went down to Venice with my camera one day to just take pictures of palm trees and the beach and just whatever. Cause it's a great place to people watch, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And that's when I went over to the skate park and I did, so I knew a few people there, but they were all older heads, you know, like yeah. the dudes at the park that are, that are old now and they're just drinking beer in the corner, talking shit and maybe doing an ollie. You know? <laughs> Who, who's, who's down there? Who was down there at that time? Uh, well, you know, I would, uh, Jesse Martinez, yeah. who, uh, you know, I knew him from back in the day and he was kind of on a different schedule. He would show up at like, five in the morning sometimes to clean the park clean it up yeah uh -huh. but he still does which is pretty amazing um but uh i saw uh, i had another friend down there named ennis 
who um again he was really good when when i when we were like 19 and 20 down there and uh, <clears throat> that's when um you know so i i showed up and there were familiar faces there so uh, they didn't like question that I was going to hang out and skate. I yeah. Mean, Cause that can't happen at Venice skate park. Yeah. Well, I didn't really realize that, but you know, I showed up wearing like um, some of my old Venice Dogtown shirts and, and, you know, <clears throat> things like that. And uh, I know, you know, my hat Venice and this. So uh, <clears throat> I, I felt pretty comfortable, but yeah, I, I later realized that, um, they they were kicking a lot of the touristy photographers out. Yeah, uh huh. Yeah, which again made me feel like, whoa, uh, I'm cool, man. <laughs> I didn't really care because you know I, I'm kind of a, a bigger person, you know, stature wise. So I I feel pretty confident I can go anywhere and do whatever I want. Yeah, within reason. Uh, but yeah, so Venice was basically. So I went down there to just take pictures. I took a couple of skate pictures because I happened to have a fisheye. I don't know why I had a fisheye lens because I was never really shooting anything. You know, I just... You could get good shots even walking around the boardwalk with a fisheye at that point. Yeah, I remember seeing something. I think the only reason I bought a fisheye is because I saw a YouTube video and, and the guy kept saying, everything looks cooler through a fisheye. <laughs> so I was like, oh, I'm going to get one of these. And uh, I just happened to take a couple of skate shots and uh, posted them and, and people... I got a positive reaction to it. So I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. Uh, I'm going to go back down there and shoot some more. I did that a few more times. And it was fun for me because I got out of the house. I got some exercise. I, I got to be around skating. That was obviously available light, no flash. Or, or did you have a flash? No, I had no, I had no flash in the beginning. Um, I, didn't, I actually didn't know what I was doing at all whatsoever. Nobody does at the beginning. <laughs> yeah. I mean... Uh, my father and my grandfather were both photographers. Yeah, you told me that before. Yeah, so photography has always been around me, and I grew up carrying my dad's camera bags and watching him shoot. He 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 was like a photojournalist. My mom was also a reporter. Okay. So he was doing a lot of like um, headshots of actors and actresses, and of course, I have an amazing array of great shots of me as a little kid because my dad would just take out his camera and take pictures of me like that's cool did it does he have any collection of like polaroids from back in the day because that's what we used to use to test our lighting you know and you know i don't I, I i don't recall that he ever used he he just broke out a light meter yeah and, um set up his shots and he would shoot like a 35 mil and then he had that like uh, medium format rollerflex where like a 120 yeah i would look this way and, yeah um <clears throat> and then he would uh, take all the film to a place called like Wilcox or something. It was in downtown LA and that yeah. was a big adventure for me. Cause on like whatever day of the week, my dad would drive us and he'd drop off his film. That's and, cool. Yeah. And he would take me to Carney's up on sunset. Then, oh yeah. Wow. Yeah. I was like, so uh, in, in a sense, I have a lot of good memories uh, <laughs> around photography, like chili dogs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you didn't care for it. You just, it was just something your dad did. Yeah, I, it wasn't, I, I never really like, you know, I wasn't fascinated with it at all. Yeah. But I, um, throughout my life, I realized quickly that I was more creative than academic and I was more into sports and then later specifically individual sports. Like that's why I got so into surfing and skating was because I got tired of working really hard, training really hard and losing a game because some guy couldn't run, catch or, you know, yeah. 
jump or whatever it was. Yep. So uh, I I just decided that I was going to focus on surfing and skating because, you know, you, you do well, you do well. And if you bail, it's your fault. Solitary. Um, yeah, right. Yeah, which, uh, which later I've come to realize is pretty common amongst a lot of um, the skaters and surfers. They prefer it because it, it is an individualized sport, although yeah. they have a, a real community surrounding it, you know. Right, right. Uh, so yeah, realizing that I was more into to creative things. Uh, my college, uh, I did some junior college. I was doing like graphic design, and uh huh, yeah, uh, right. And, and I left there. My mom moved to China, and then when I was like right out of high school, I got a job at an advertising agency, hmm. and um, that's where th they had the the boss, the owner of the company, was really cool. Who's actually a friend of my mom. <laughs> <laughs> listen, just walk around the agency for a week and, and talk to people and see what they do and see what you like doing. So I was, just, wow. yeah, I was just hanging out with art directors and wow. graphic designers and, yeah. you know, watching what they were doing. And I really wasn't into much of it until one day I was like, Hey, what's in that room over there? And they're like, Oh, we have this editing system, but no one knows how to use it. And I was like, Oh, sick. Can I get the keys? And they let me in and, uh -huh. um, I just sat there and taught myself how to edit on this like um, linear editing system. Uh, it was a, so it was film or, or, or what like kind a, of, it was, yeah, well video. So you, they would have like a uh, film transferred to like three quarter inch, like those big and you yeah. put that in the machine and then you could, uh, it was called, it was a, Oh, you could like fade like, so it was an SCG unit. Yeah. It had like a toggle on it and uh -huh. Um, buttons for crossfade i think it was I, I recall it was grass valley i think made okay, it okay yeah i don't okay. know yeah don't yeah know much about it but I, I do know that um in order to learn they gave me a bunch of footage from bill and ted's excellent adventures <laughs> so, so i was just like trying cool and booth was exploding and then uh, you know and then i finally like actually got a handle on it and i remember editing like some surfing footage to acdc back in black and that's killer I, Right when the dude was like spraying, it was like, dun, dun. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I got I got really hooked on on video editing and 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 it had imagery and I I did I was was into imagery. Um, so after about six months, I got approached by another company and they they kind of poached me from there and said, listen, we got this new thing. It's coming out of England, and it's basically uh, called a graphic paint box, and it's a digital photo compositing machine hmm. i'm like oh what is this turns out it's like a million dollar computer that basic that had the basic functionalities of what we now know as photoshop okay um, so this guy who was originally a hand retoucher of photographs taught me the basics of photo retouching so we had light boxes um big like eight by ten um transparencies yeah he would like use a paintbrush and then a blow dryer and he yeah. about, like he showed me how he made masks out of like this stuff called ruby lith so yeah. essentially like how you would use a layer mask in photoshop now then they he did that it was all physical yeah they did that shit by hand it was like crazy dude right um right. and so he basically said look i'll teach you how to do this if, if you want to learn and so I left that other ad agency and went there and I basically began apprenticing under this dude and learning how to do digital photo compositing. Wow. That is where my whole thing, like I just fell in love with the process. It was so amazing. 
a lot of people may or may not remember, but one of the first billboards that he ever did was a Budweiser campaign. And they were all over California. And it was a billboard of a wave and a surfer riding the wave. And in the shape of the wave was the Budweiser label. Okay. Um, when I saw that, I was just like, oh, dude, I'm in this, man. <laughs> yeah, I want to learn how to do this. Uh, <clears throat> so I ended up working there for like 10 years. I did everything from, you know, add and remove coffee beans to Briar's vanilla ice cream and clean up cat food for like an ad, you know. So yeah. um, that's where I really like I was I was really happy there and I learned a lot. And then later the business kind of imploded because at that time he was charging like 800 bucks an hour to do like the simplest yeah. Photoshop work, you know. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> and then Photoshop actually came out and I was like, I'm not going to learn that. That's some bullshit, you know. Right, are, it looks, looks stupid when first. Yeah, nobody's yeah. going to use that. It's like, it's it's on this tiny little computer. It's like, like a toy. Yeah, dude, I'm, I'm working on this like million dollar space shuttle computer. <laughs> but lo and behold, you know, obviously that was the wave. <clears throat> so I did end up learning, um, starting to learn Photoshop. And, and ironically, that has... <clears throat> that skill carried me through a lot of, of life. I made, you know, a lot of my living doing graphic design, um, <clears throat> basic yeah. Photoshop compositing, things like that. <clears throat> so that's why when I started shooting, I already kind of had an obsession with images. I just didn't know how to use a camera. Mm -hmm. per se, you know, mm -hmm. the yeah. last time I had a camera in my hand, I was, I was 30, three years old and my dad gave me one of his old Nikons mm -hmm. and I had no idea how to use it. And he's like, yeah, just look through the, the viewfinder. You're going to see uh, two arrows on uh, two not, uh, dials on each side. You just kind of want those to, to even out. And then that's when you take the picture. And I'm like, <laughs> like, okay. Yeah. I mean, yeah, but no, because I bought like 10 rolls of film. I shot a bunch of cool stuff. I thought, and then I got it developed and they all came back like white. <laughs> no idea about exposure and how to like set things so yeah so it's a full manual camera that camera yeah it's full fully manual i still have it it's kind of the only thing my dad ever gave me so i kept it um, yeah and then i had it completely serviced and cleaned and now it just sits on my shelf oh. for a while i was taking it with me to skate stuff and and shooting like just a couple clicks here and there every time i went out but that's cool yeah yeah, I kind of stopped doing it because uh, it's expensive, man, you know. You know what you can do is you can take some black and white film, which costs about 3 to $4, maybe 5 today, and you could put it in there. And then you get a little canister, a little patent canister. That's like 30 bucks, and then you can get some chemicals. Maybe it's, I don't know, 15 bucks for each chemical. You only need two. And that's all. You could literally just you know, develop that in your sink at your house. Yeah. I'd have to ask my mom. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, I've, I, I've heard, you know, all the, the old time guys, uh, you know, a lot of them did their own developing and they, they, they loved that process. It was very tactic tactile. And, you know, it yeah. was, was kind of like uh, maybe even, I don't know, just, at that time, I think that was to them what it was for me to kind of learn how to use Photoshop and work in layers and composite things and pull things over. It was kind of magical, you know? Yes. 
it, 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 I don't really have a desire to go backwards at this point and, right. and learn how to do it uh, because uh, I'm so fascinated with, with what I do as it is. I kind of right. like a, I don't know, maybe. I mean, you're right. It would be cool from a, a certain sense to learn how to do it. Uh, I just you don't have to nobody you, I don't I wouldn't ever say to anybody that <clears throat> a film photographer is about is better than digital I would never say that you have to do film to learn digital I, I don't believe that at all but no. for me I just like that process it's like um, the difference between a car that runs on gas and one that runs on, runs on electricity yeah no I, I totally see that and, and and again I totally understand why it would be, I think it's a great idea, like, if, for everybody, if I could go, maybe one day I would, like, go take a class at, at a college or something, and, and learn more about the, the actual process of film, because I, I do believe that the, the, a lot of the older guys that are now switched over to digital, you know, they have a, a, a deeper foundation and a deeper understanding of what actual, you know, photography, how it started, and, and what it took in order to do that, and Obviously, a lot of those guys have a greater understanding of natural light, how lighting works. But I think you can learn all that without film, honestly. I, oh, I yeah. Think that, you know, I don't think you need film. As a matter of fact, it's way cheaper without it. But again, again for me, it's just I'm kind of hyper, and so film slows me down. Like, if I, like you know, back when I was shooting, I, I was shooting with a D70, and just like you said, I was shooting Lizzie a lot back in, like, 90. <laughs> or 2006 or something like that. And I had my Nikon F2, which is all manual. Uh -huh. Every once in a while I would bring it out. And I didn't know why I brought it out because I didn't like film. I thought it was dumb. <laughs> I didn't know why I brought it out. Yeah, I just brought it because it was another body to bring. And I would shoot some pictures of her like at Glendale Skate Park or I don't know. It, but it was 90% digital. And then I just, you know, this, I, you know, keep pose for this. And it was just so horrible to focus it and to get the yeah. light readings it was just like cooling teeth, you know, but um, uh, later on I got into the film thing because all these film guys try to influence me. Oh, you got to do film, da, 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 da. And it was, it is an interesting way to look at imagery. It's, yeah. it's, uh, but, you know, again, I don't think that it's, you could never touch film and be like the greatest photographer in the world, in my opinion. Well, yeah, I mean, obviously, I, I think, and like a lot of people, you know, I, I pretty much taught myself through trial and error Mm -hmm. uh, and, and and I could never have done that as efficiently with a film camera as I did with my digital camera because I was basically like, I mean, there were times where I, I was shooting just thousands and thousands of photos a day and constantly uh, I had a little book and I was like writing notes on, on what That's the different things yeah. did. But then even that became too much effort. I just kind of started trying to remember yeah. okay, if I said that, you know, and so the trial and error process of, of trying to teach yourself was, uh, it was a lot easier because it's right there in your hand, you know, so yeah. you can see an immediate result and go, oh man, that's completely blown. Right. <clears throat> Which, you know, I don't think I could have done with film. You, you would, I believe, probably want to seek some kind of help or read or uh, have a lot of patience to well, it just takes longer and it's more expensive yeah <clears throat> yeah I mean I basically once I got obsessed with shooting skating I was like there all day every day and then what what happened is like you 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 start getting a basic understanding but then every time you open or, or unravel another layer of 
well, with the camera, like, well, what is this going to do? There's like, you open up another can of 10, 10 more cans of worms open up. It's like every time, you know, every time you try to learn something new, you realize you have to learn a lot about something else, you know? It's true. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. I, was, so I started like, uh, I hit up my friend, he's a DP in, in, the end of, in the film industry. And I was like, I mean, can you help me understand like focus? He's like, dude, no, <laughs> like it is a huge beast. Uh, <laughs> you know, you're, you, there's this, there's that. And I was like, oh crap. Because after, you know, I, I didn't want to shoot uh, autofocus because okay. it was just too, too slow. Yeah, it's too slow. And like I, my, the results were too uncontrollable. So I was struggling with manual focus. And, and that, like, learn, focus took me about three months like to really dial it into where I was happy because in the beginning I was just on auto and then I got off auto and just set to infinity. (laughs) And I remember, I remember actually taking a piece of tape because somebody was like, yeah, just tape the ring so it doesn't move. So I had my, my focal ring. Good idea. Yeah. Yeah. But no, it's terrible if you want to have any kind of like, you know, uh, control because what was happening was, my infinity the infinity focus was allowing for pretty much everything if the skater was close to me everything behind the skater was amazing but the skater <laughs> himself was like soft so i'm like right. oh, these photos are sick and people are like yeah no they're not <laughs> you gotta learn how to focus right but if, I, but if you're if you're if your camera lens is really tiny your f stops like f16 a lot of stuff's in focus at that point, you know, whether it's close or far. Yeah, I think, again, I was just like, I didn't understand, at the time, I didn't understand the relationship between f-stop and focal length. Like, I didn't understand any of that stuff. And right. to be honest with you, I still, you know, I, I, I just taught myself, so I know what looks good and what works for me. And I may be using some of these tools incorrectly to get to the result that I'm getting at. But in a sense, uh-huh. that's kind of what photography and art is. Yes. You, you could just give somebody an instrument and, and teach, they'll teach themselves. They're going to play it differently than probably it's supposed to be played. But if the end result is, is satisfying. Yeah. I think technique is only like a structure. It's not like the way you have to do it. I just think it's like, and this is sort of the way that you could get a thing made. And then it's up to you to go make the thing whatever way you want to make it. Yeah. I, yeah, no, I agree. And I, I think again, like we, I think you and I touched on this a little bit before there, the, the, the rules or the standards are just that. I mean, they are simply suggested to me, like, you know, any, any rules are, are meant to be exploited or bent and, and pushed to the limits and, and possibly used to create something completely different. I mean, that, that came, I, I mean, I had that from working with computers all the time because any application that, that had a process, my, feeling and job was to exploit it yes and try to to make it do what i wanted it to do do something it's not supposed to do yeah exactly and and that i mean i'll be quite honest with you some of my favorite photos are total mistakes sure you know accident happy accident yeah like uh, and then then, then you're stuck with the internal uh integrity question of do i say i meant to do that or do i just say it was an accident i think it's more fun to just be like no totally fucked up but came out good (laughs) you know i don't know i don't have anything to you have a thing about you where you're very candid you know which is 
refreshing because a lot of people try to, you know, recreate the truth as opposed to telling the truth, you know? Yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, my, my dad's Australian and my mom's from New Zealand and both of those cultures are, we, we kind of grow up making fun of the truth about things. So sarcasm was a big thing in your family. Uh, yeah. And, and, and beyond sarcasm, just straight up, like, oh, you really fucked that up. Didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, yeah, <laughs> you know. So that's sort of a culture, sort yeah, of a culture in your family. Owning up to shortcomings and celebrating them is kind of like <laughs> that's, that's humor. That's humor to us. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. I, I don't mind. I, I'm pretty much straightforward. That you know, it's it's hard not to become influenced by the the society around you because I think a lot of people are, man, a lot of photographers are uptight, bro. I think it's because they're kind of odd, isn't it? I mean, aren't, aren't most photographers maybe shy or not real socially adept or? I, I don't, I mean, I think that all human beings are odd in one way, shape or form. We're all as similar, but we're all completely different. But for some reason, photography, specifically skate photography, <laughs> uh, there is a lot of weird egos and, and stuff that goes on that I just, I don't, how could they have an ego that all they do is push a button? I know, but somehow it, <laughs> it becomes like, oh, you know, I do this, I did that, I've been doing this for 40 years, 20 years, whatever, whatever. I'm like, I just don't get it. I mean, I I, I respect their work, you know? And, yeah. and, and, and it's kind of like one of those things where, you know, when you're a kid and you idolize like a movie star or an athlete or something, and then, and then when you actually meet them in person, they, they either kind of completely meet your expectations or more or they just completely burst your bubble <laughs> you're just like really dude you are this person like yeah I, from your photos i thought you'd be this like fucking rad awesome dude super yeah. creative fun but it turns out you're just a dick some uptight <laughs> bitch right yeah dude <laughs> i don't know i mean i think yeah, I agree with you. I, I'm the first person to say, like, people are like, oh, man, your photos are amazing. I'm like, man, my photos would be really boring without the skaters that are in them, dude. That's a huge thing, isn't it? Uh, yeah. The, the, what, we're sh what we shoot, what we love, that, you know, skateboarding, boy, it's a large part of why people like to look at pictures, right? I mean, I, I'm that way. I like, I love skateboarding. Yeah. Uh, you know, and yeah. so... Um, yeah, it's a big part of our picture, right? I mean, wouldn't be as interesting without a skateboarder in there. Yeah, no, and, and, and even as a photographer, like I was actually, prior to getting down to the skate park to take photos, I was lost, man. I was walking the streets and doing street photography. I was taking pictures of flowers, like cars. I thought I was going to be a car photographer for a sure. while. Sure, a lot of guys do that, yeah. Yeah, and I had no real focus, and then, and then the the skating thing happened and I was like, it was like a light bulb, like, Oh, this makes sense. Like I actually love skateboarding. I have this new love for like photography and I'm going to put those two together and it's just going to be like, you know, yeah. so, uh, and, and that in a sense, like as a photographer, when you find that one thing that you love, it's like a, a relieving moment because all of a sudden you're not just lost in a haze of man, there are millions of different things you could shoot. I know. And don't you think a lot of photographers, like maybe most, maybe even in their whole lives, never really find a thing they really love? 
I agree. I mean, and, and there's also something to be said that a, a photographer may just love the process of, of being a photographer and it doesn't necessarily have to be no. specific. Yeah. Um, but for me, yeah, I mean, my obsession with, with skate imagery led to an obsession with understanding photography and because I wanted my photos to be better than what I was capable of at the time, which was looking back pretty terrible. Like, I don't, I don't even understand, like, why I thought I was going to be good at this because my photos were so bad. And I used to run home and, like, upload 75 pictures to my Instagram. Awesome. It was so bad. Like, everything looked good to me. And I was like, oh, this is sick. Even though it's like, can't see the dude's face. It's mostly ass. And, you know, it's just, uh, luckily, I had a couple of photographers kind of nicely try to tell you know Chris you you should think about quality over quantity and I'm like no no dude I'm gonna dominate by volume man like no that's that's not a good idea dude you should you should go through your photos and pick like one or two of the best ones and then just put those out and I had no idea about I wasn't using Lightroom you know I was a Photoshop guy so I was just like oh, I'll just pump the contrast a little and little brightness it'll be great but you, but you could do that so that's an interesting question like why why do you have to use Lightroom? you could do it just photoshop if you wanted to i guess well okay so like what you could do is be an amazing photographer mm -hmm. and just go straight out you know if you yes. everything in cameras is, is is amazing just why do you need to, to do anything and that's I think true that, i think that's where you know a, that really separates a lot of photographers because i think some people are really dependent upon the post-production process. Yeah, yeah. And so in the beginning, I didn't even, I wasn't really doing any posts. So it was natural light, it was just coming straight out. I mean, I used a couple of the filters that were available through Instagram, you know, yeah. like structure, brightness and stuff. Um, and then somebody was like telling me, oh, you really, you don't edit these at all? I'm like, yeah, just a little thing. He's like, oh, you should try to learn Lightroom. And then I was like, okay, so I put my, pictures into Lightroom and started like, man, just cranking stuff up. <laughs> I was like, oh, this looks so good, dude. Like I went through that initial phase of just like yeah. when you find a food that you like and I just was eating way too much of it. And so <laughs> my, my photos just were unrecognizable as, as even like. Right, but everybody does that. Yeah, so after I had the initial curve of, of post-production, um, I don't know, overdosing, uh, I realized that what I wanted to do was, and this to, to this day is kind of my thing, is like I try to shoot somewhere between 95 and 100% and correct in camera. Yeah. In other words, when you, when you look at it after you shoot it, you can tell, okay, I'm, I'm in the ballpark for- Kind of popping. Yeah, what I want to do. Um, and, and predominantly now, when I, when I do use Lightroom, it's mostly, it's very subtle. I just open up some shadows and maybe add a little black and, and, and try to keep it pretty mellow. Every once in a while, I'll try to save a photo because it's a That's tough photo. Yeah, yeah it's, it's really tough. But, um, you, you know, there have been times where I've had to like completely try to save a photo because maybe it was the only photo I got of this dude while I was in Europe at this one ramp. Right, right. And, and I really wanted to save it. Um, but yeah, I, I try to, these days, I, I think that like uh, Lightroom and post-production should be like a ghost pepper on your food, just very little bit. Yes, you know? like a little salt and pepper, just a little. Yeah, yeah, just, just, to, just to 
yeah, tweak it up. If you but, can taste it, you put too much on. No, oh, yeah, dude, it's terrible. Like, <laughs> and, there are t- and 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 post production can can be influenced by many things, such as staying up too late, yeah. uh, you know, working too long on on some photos, and you just kind of you you lose sight. Because yeah, I've woke up in the morning and looked at something and been like, dude, what was I doing? That's a good time to double check yourself as the next morning. Yeah, that's that's true. And, and I used to do that as a video editor too, because I would edit all night long and making these little like music videos and things like that. And then I'd wake up and watch it and be like, fuck, <laughs> oh, dude, what I did like what was this? Ed- what was I thinking? Dude, why did I do that? Like, and then you gotta go back and fix it. So it just <laughs> <laughs> yeah, less is more, and, and I think trying to to get as close to perfect in camera—that's always my goal now. That's cool. You, you know, um, I don't know if I ever told you the story about. I took this class; it was an intermediate class, and uh, I tell these stories so that you can drink water and, you know. Uh, okay. But but anyways, but this is an interesting story. So I I took a class at uh, the college and the teacher was this guy, his name's Rob Johnson. I, I did a podcast with him and he, uh, he used to do uh, printing. He was a great printer. So he printed for like Adam Ansel and you know, all these cool. great, you know, fine art things. And anyways, the first day of class, Rob told us it was an intermediate class. So get, get a piece of cloth, you know, like about three feet long. Did I ever tell you the story? I think you did, but I forget what happens. But basically, all it is is that, you know, we got this cloth. We all thought, well, what's it going to be for? Because we're supposed to bring it to the next session. And then what it turns out is he, he had us put it around our eyes. So we had this oh, cloth. Oh, yeah, yeah. You're the one who taught me that. Yeah. And I tried it a few times. And I was actually, it's really fun. Essentially, yeah. Did you have any results from that? Cause I, yeah, to try to shoot blindfolded. Yeah, because I think sometimes we fuck it up. Yeah. Well, I basically, I think you were there and we were shooting exposure advanced. Well, yeah, you were doing this. You're like, you had your camera. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I was covering my eyes. And it was actually, it was, it's a really awesome exercise. I forgot about that. And, and that's something that it would actually be fun to do more of when in a controlled circumstance. But uh, yeah, becoming completely dependent on all your other senses is really interesting as a, especially as a skate photographer because we have the coinciding sounds of it to help so when you hear that, when you hear that like bonk off the coping you know it's happening right now so is it too soon is it too late yeah you just take it and then it is kind of fun because you, you you don't have any expectation of what you're going to get so when you look in the viewfinder you're like holy shit this is like either cool or you completely blew it you know uh which I think, which brings me to another interesting thing about skate photography is uh, this whole thing about whether real skate photographers look through the lens or not. Oh, here we go. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> that's, that's, that goes further than that. That means do real photographers look through the lens? Well, that's, that's, mean, the, that's the big debate. My initially my, my thoughts on it were that uh, skating is probably one of the, few things where you can actually have an excuse to not look through the lens which would be Um, that it's happening so fast and there's a fraction of a second where the hand is right where you need it to be or you know the the board is fully tweaked at that that precise moment like a contest or something like that or 
Yeah, exactly. Or, or even when you're, you're shooting a trick versus obviously if you're shooting a headshot or, you know, even, you know, I know a guy who shoots Formula One for a living and, and he's sitting there with like a big 800 mil and he's looking down the line and waiting for the car to come around the corner, which, you know, to, to me, that, that seems like you could never not look. I mean, if you True. if you've never if you've ever tried to not look with anything other than a fisheye, it really doesn't work. <laughs> You know, like I've tried with wide angles and long lenses and I thought, oh, there's something happening. I just took it and I looked and I'm like, there's nothing there. Like, just a hand. Yeah. You know? uh, so um, that being said, uh, I think that when you cover your eyes and you do it all just from your gut instinct and the things that you can hear and possibly feel, and you still get a decent photo, I rest my case. You don't have to look. If you know your frame and you know what you're doing, and, and anyone who says that they don't do this is probably lying. That's there's, interesting. There's That's gotta interesting. be times where all of us do it. I mean, we know what's, and plus listen, dude, I'm almost 50 years old. Am I really want to lay down every time I want to get a low shot on the coping? No. <laughs> it might be a nice uh, exercise for your lower back. You know, who knows? Listen, bro, forget like it. A photographer's burpee. <laughs> Dude, I, the first couple of years, man, I was always coming home dirty because I was laying down. Oh, yeah. Time. Filthy. Yeah. And now it's like, I'm not going to lay down unless, you know, I really need to. Um, sometimes with street skating, I, I find it more important to, to actually lay down and look. Yeah, in street skating, you're actually trying to frame and compose a a shot. So you got this much of the stairs. You want that whole tree, or maybe it's like a landscape shot. Yeah, and you and you you maybe you're trying to follow the the rule of thirds. So you're trying to keep the the skater in in a certain place where the action is. But when you're standing on top of a pool or a ramp, you know a lot of times everything other than the coping and the skater is sort of irrelevant. You know, maybe, maybe it's all sky. Maybe right. Nothing there. So your 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 composition becomes just where you're making sure you get the coping in there and and the skater. So I, you know. yeah, I, I've shot in situations where um, there's no space to lay down. Yeah. You know, like or the little, you know, like little DIY things or whatever. Yeah. Um, and I just couldn't. But there are guys like I know that uh, Grant. You know, he's a stickler for like you got to look through things. I know Zimmerman too. They really, I don't know if they, I don't know what they do in practice, but they always would tell me, you got to look through the thing. You're not shooting a thing if you don't. And then, then like that guy, Rob Johnson, the guy that worked for Adams, he believed you did not have to look through. And he even didn't look through when he was doing street because he sort of had the 35 focal length memorized. Yeah. He would, he would do that without looking through it, you know. Um, so there's two schools of thought on that. It's a big debate. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a big debate, but again, I think it's just kind of an irrelevant, egomaniacal debate based on <laughs> I'm better than you because I look and you don't. That could be. <laughs> that is just complete nonsense. I could probably become famous as being the photographer that only shoots blindfolded. <laughs> I mean, you can do whatever you want. I mean, that, yeah. that's my whole point. I mean... To say that you have to, you're not a real skate photographer, or you have to look every time, that that, that makes no sense to me because it's not true. Right. What what constitutes a real skate photographer? 
Well, you get up, you make an effort, you go and you shoot and you're there and you're dedicated and you probably make no money, but you still keep going back. So what's more real than that? You know, I agree. That's a really great way to put it. Um, Let's do a final question, but it's fine. You know, it doesn't mean this has to end here because it could could go on, you know, uh, but (laughs) nobody wants to hear me keep rattling, bro. (laughs) (laughs) What is it about, you know, an image a photograph, you know, that is so fascinating. Like taking a picture, I have my cell phone here, which I probably should, I probably should take a picture of you because this is what I do when I do these in person. Is I, I take a <laughs> picture, and you know, and my my, um, uh, you know, if I do screenshots, it's not, it's not as, it's not big enough. I've tried to screenshot this thing, and it's yeah. hard for me to get into my Illustrator and make the cover. But so, what is it about a picture? Why is it? That taking a picture. Why is this interesting to us? It's this most old, like this old device from the friggin' I don't know how old I studied, I, but I've forgotten when they invented the camera. <laughs> you know, uh, why is it interesting to us? Why, you know, stupid pictures. Why is that interesting? You know, uh, why, well, why? I mean, you could just, everybody's got a camera, Chris. Like, why are we doing this all the time? And I, why are we me, chasing this? For me, I. There is something so amazing about, you know, it's a photo literally is a fraction of a second caught in time and, and, and documented exactly whatever was happening in that exact moment. And it's not a video because there's no before, during or after it's, you get this one picture that, you know, it, to me, that's what's fascinating about it. it it's probably people will say things like, yeah, it's kind of like a time machine. It's like, and, and, and even though we don't have the tactile uh, thing of holding a photo anymore, but, you know, I grew up like when you would look through a photo book or, or, or hold a photo, in your mind, you may have completely forgot about that time you went to the zoo and fell down the stairs and, and spilled a soda on yourself, but somebody took a photo of you doing it. Right. And see this photo and it just, all these memories flood back into your head about that time. And, and, and so to me, the, these photographs represent exactly that. It's, it's, it's a moment in time that's captured and recorded in a way that even if your mind forgets about it, the, the image is still there. And, and more specifically, my desire to shoot skate photography is because these moments happen, these skate moments happen so quickly, you know, uh, and I'll, I'll eat, air you know grab tweak boom he's down it, it it happens so fast and and you have this for me i don't i don't shoot sequences ever yeah I have this one shot one kill mentality and i love the fact that that photo is it, that's what you get is it can never be recreated even if it's similar it's never going to be exactly the same as that one that we shot just a minute ago that's true uh and and and, and the same thing about how let's say we have Mike McGill and we just ask him, Hey dude, just, just do this frontside air over and over again. And each one of us going to take a different photo, our own photo and everybody's is unique and everybody's is different. And and so I, I feel like each photographer, their photographs have their fingerprint on it. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I possibly could recognize your photo. I can recognize grants. I can recognize Swift, you know, I recognize Ray's. Um, so when you develop your own style, it's like we are creating these, well, we're 
taking these, these moments in time and, and capturing them in such a way that is unique to each one of us. And, and, and those images to me are, are fascinating. And, and, and on a less uh, fun note, <clears throat> I, after my heart condition, my doctors are very, you know, blunt with me about, well, listen, bro, you know, everyone's going to die, but like you, you really could die. So mm. um, I had this thing once I, once I got into shooting skating, I was like, you know what? I'm going to do this every day until I do die. And after doing so, I'm going to leave behind a wealth of images that my son or my family or my friends can always go back and look and say, like, yeah, he did this. And, and so for me, my photos are not only capturing a moment in time, but they're, they're helping me create a legacy. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that's what I'm doing. I'm, I'm, doc- I'm sure I'm shooting skaters, but I'm actually documenting where I went, who I was with, yeah. what I did when I was there, uh, what I saw. And, and, and I, I, I don't know, I just, I can't really, it, it's so hard to put into words the, the, the gratitude and the feeling that I get from, from capturing these photos and, and being included in these skaters' lives and for, for even for that brief moment. And, and you know, Ken, there's, there's a lot of trust there when you're working so close yeah. to the skater. You know, I feel involved in the trip. I'm, I'm, I'm part of this trip. You know, <laughs> I'm, I'm on the stairs with you, man. If you go down, I'm going down. If you bail, I bail. Like we're in this together, kind of thing. Sure, you kind of are, yeah. Yeah. And wow. although they have the, they have the, the, the lion's share of the work and the risk and, and, and everything. You know, that just to be that close to something so dramatic and amazing is, is. We got the best seats in the house, man. I know, I know. So it's the so is it fair to say it's the it's the I don't know if this is a word, but the rarity of the moment. What's one of the things that intrigues you about that? That you're capturing this moment of well, yeah, and 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 the fact that somehow, ironically, life never ceases to amaze me. Is somehow or another, I'm standing on deck, laughing and joking and taking photos with uh, some of my childhood heroes. Well, right. You know? So it's surreal to me. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's, it's, yeah. I mean, it's, it's wild for me. Skating wise, were you, uh, how old are you, Chris? I'm 49 right now. Okay. So did you skate at any of the skate parks back in the day? You're too little, huh? You must've been. No, the only, the only park that I ever really got to skate was Pipeline. Oh, that was and, a gnarly uh, place. Yeah, I was 16. I stole my mom's car and took four of my buddies out to, <laughs> and and we um, we skated pipe, and uh, we ended up going out there like four or five more times, and it's um, not enough. You got to yeah, skate, well, you know. I also, I, I I I had to go. I lived in New Zealand a couple of different times, so I was skating down there, and and those were a lot of like um, backyard half pipes, and then um, they had these. Uh, public skate parks down there you know um you guys had the only other skatopia in the world yeah well again i i kind of i miss that i remember seeing the delma or uh, uh, marina del rey skate park well it. they what happens that what i mean is that the guy in uh the guy that built skatopia in buena park vic peliquin he sold the plans of that thing to people in new zealand and they built a skatopia in New oh Zealand. really yeah oh, i didn't know that i just know that like every little township had its own bowl and um they were a full-on range of 
crappy to real crappy right. to somewhat scalable. Right. Uh, <laughs> now they have a lot of a lot of better ones. Uh, I was down there the last time I was down there was two thousand and six or something, and they had a really nice one. Oh. And uh, <clears throat> I was into shooting, but I wasn't. Obviously, this came later. Yeah. 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 Uh, well, but, well, that's yeah. cool. I I, uh, I want to thank you for talking. Hey, thanks for. I think it'll help other people who want to do this, you know. And yeah, hey, listen, I, I I think that as much as I I think we have enough skate photographers actually trying to to do what we do. <laughs> that's what you were saying the other day, yeah. Uh, I I mean, I encourage if, if you love it, just go do it. Just keep your the people that love it will stick around, you know. Yeah, no doubt, and 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 I mean, I'm not going anywhere. Uh, but it's definitely, um, it, it, when you take anything you love doing and you try to turn it into work, just be aware that it's going to affect you. <laughs> it's, it's going to have some serious impact on your emotional state. <laughs> right. Me meaning that it's not that easy to make a living being a skateboarding photographer. No, it, it, it's not. I've made a lot of sacrifices and, and my, uh, my investments to return level is way out of whack. <laughs> I'm not going to stop doing it because I love it and I made it this far. So yeah, I, yeah. I would say yeah, just just do your thing, you know. Um, well, you know, um, I'll see you uh, either in another one of these somewhere or out there on a deck somewhere soon. Listen, you know? I hope that I see you in person. Real, I know. Soon. Well, we will that too, but Maybe. might be a little while. We'll see. Since I did your uh, podcast, you're going to have to sit for one of my black and white portraits. Oh, sure. Awesome. You're honored, yeah. It's yeah. a deal. It's a deal. Yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, you definitely, you're, you're definitely uh, part of the skate mug family. <laughs> At first, it was just going to be skaters, but then I realized there's so many colorful characters that make up the skate family that contribute in so many different ways that it's true. I should really document everybody. Everybody knows each other. Yeah, that's true. Whether they admit it or not, everybody knows each other. Yeah, that's another thing. It's like, yeah, when you're when you're new and you're coming in, you just just go easy because uh, you don't know who you're talking to, you don't know who you're pissing off, you don't know who you're getting in an argument with. Yes. Times later, you find out, and you're like, oh man. I really well, there's certainly all kinds of alliances and all that. <clears throat> yeah, well, that's life, though. It, it, I think any field is that way, right? Yeah. It's true. But skating at least is the one field where you could just pretty much be like, Hey, fuck you, bro. <laughs> and you can still keep doing it. <laughs> yeah. Fuck you. <laughs> All right. Well, you take it easy, Chris. Thank you, Ken. You too. And I appreciate everything you do for skating and, and your work. And, and I feel lucky that I got to be a part of this. Thank you. Oh, I was happy. I'm, I'm honored to have you. Thanks for joining. No problem, man. I love hearing myself talk. Peace. <laughs> See you later. All right. Bye.